Well, good morning, everybody. So glad you're here. If you go ahead and find your seat. We got a lot planned in this service. So glad you're here on this spring day. Good morning, friends. How are you? If you go ahead and find your seat, that'd be great. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. If you're new to Believers Church, this is normal. They tend to ignore us for a good good deal of time because they like we like to spend time with one another. That's why we're here. That's why we're here is to be with each other in the presence of Jesus. Okay. All right. If you can hear me, clap once. If you can hear me, clap twice. There we go. We're forever a youth group. All right, if you're new to Believer's Church, there's a couple places. Where, where's the best place to know what's going on at Believer's? Anybody know? The website, yes. And we just reformatted our website a little bit. Just a little bit. So if you want to get to the events tab, you have to go to the ministry life. You'll see it. But hopefully it's going to be simpler to look at on your phone. So, so we, community life. Community life. You'll see the events tab. So the, the events is right under community life. You can even check it out right now, bctulsa.com. But if you want to know what's going on, there's always a lot going on. John mentioned it for these opportunities for freedom. Got a lot of venues for healing and meeting Jesus. So please avail yourself of those. A couple things coming up. We've been involved in a ministry called Family Promise, which this, the, 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 this is a, a ministry that helps families in homelessness get back on their feet and reenter uh, society. It has about an 80% uh, success rate of people going back into society, just in a productive sense, getting, getting through the, the obstacles they've been in. And so... We would like to ask for your help. To, we host it like, I think, four times a year. And so if you go into our website, we, we need people to be able to uh, do meals. I should have read this before I got up here. So please look at our website for Family Promise. If you're like, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things I can't do, but I can make a meal. This really goes a long way to re- helping families that are in homelessness uh, reenter life. A um, couple other things. We've got a Tools 101 workshop coming up at Plumline Ministries. Strongly recommend, if you haven't been part of what uh, Plumline does, this just gives you the good tools for doing relationships and processing your own emotions. I've got, I'm going through Plumline training right now. It's just so helpful to me, personally. Anthony Elliott will be teaching it. Anthony, stand up. Show your beautiful self. There you are. Um, so... Uh, please look at that on Plumline Online. How many of you guys have ever been nervous to share the gospel with somebody? Yes, thank you. Dane, stand up. This man will solve all your problems. Did I oversell? I oversold that a little bit. Yeah, he's doing a gospel sharing, uh, gospel conversations training on May seventh. But I know Dane, and I, I've been trained by Dane. He's really, really helpful to help. How do we just hear the Holy Spirit and bring up 
the good news of Jesus. The harvest is white. People do want to hear of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's more that want to know than don't know. I promise you. I promise you. And all we got to do is get over insecurity a little bit. Sound good? All right. Okay, moving along. We've got after next week, right after the service, we're going to have a little meet and greet. So if you're new to Believer's Church, you've not met any of the staff or elders, all we want to do is just shake your hand and say hi. And so if you'd like to do that right after the service, it'll be right over here in the fireside room. Um, Finally, something cool is happening today. We have some baptisms lined up. Yeah. Jesus is just gracing us. This is such a beautiful moment. We've got 10 lined up. Okay. Isn't that cool? So, so we're going to settle in here and enjoy this moment um, between Jesus and his people and us as a community. Roger, take it away. Good morning. We're waiting for some lights, camera action. You guys hear me? Okay. Sweet. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Well, uh, first of all, I want to just say as a preface to our baptisms, you guys were privileged this morning to watch about 10 of our community, mostly young ones, come into the faith. Yeah, if family wants to come and sit here, you're welcome to. Um, Baptism is a sacramental act whereby we believe that through ordinary natural things, the visible things of life, we get to see the invisible realities of the kingdom, which is why we take water for baptism and bread and wine for communion. And these things, just natural things, allow us to experience the supernatural. Amen? And so baptism is one of the ways we follow Jesus. We repent, we believe, and the next thing we we get baptized. And so it's just a simple way that we obey Jesus, follow him into eternal life and into new life. And so this morning, I'm honored and privileged to get to baptize my grandson, Zeke. So, Zeke, about a month or two ago, he came in and whispered in, my ear, whispered in my ear and he said, Papa, I want you to baptize me. And I said, Zeke, why do you want to be baptized? And what did you say, Zeke? Do you remember? So I can be close to God. So I can be close to God. Amen. All right, Zeke, stand up. And I want to ask you a couple questions and then your dad's going to baptize you, okay? Okay. All right, Zeke. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. And do you believe that He died for your sins? Yes. And rose again that yes. you may have eternal life? Yes. Awesome. And Zeke, by this public profession of your faith and baptism, are you, are you committing to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Ready? Point your nose. Baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Woo! That might be one of my best baptism ever. I got to baptize Joel when he was about that age. We've got the Russell family, Dan Russell, and this is Isaiah. Go ahead, Dan. 
Um, so a couple months ago, Guile was talking about tradition in the church, and on my drive home, I was listening to an interview with this Irishman who I think was a Catholic, although he didn't uh, say it, but he said, um, he said, tradition is to the community what memory is to the individual. And I thought that was really simple but profound. And before that, about five months ago, um, my wife Cindy took Isaiah and Selah to a baptismal service where our neighbor, uh, Lindsay Farrar, and her two daughters, uh, Cameron and Kinsley, were baptized in that service. And it started a conversation in our home uh, about Isaiah and uh, his sister, Selah, being baptized. And um, now we, as they're getting baptized, we've got their younger brother out there, Asher. And just this thought that Cameron and Kinsley being baptized, they're reminding us, they're helping us remember as a community about what the significance of baptism is and why we do it and the death and burial of Jesus and how we're invited into that. And, uh, and then these guys are going to be baptized and their brother gets to see them and you guys get to see them. And as a community, we remember Amen. the significance of, of what we participate in as Amen. believers. Amen. So this is Isaiah. He's 11. And I... <laughs> Isaiah, is there anything you'd like to share with them about why you're being baptized today? Uh, No, thank you. Okay. Um, Roger, would you lead him in the questions? Sure. Yeah. Isaiah, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, Lord and Savior, as the Son of God who died for you and rose again? Yes. Amen. And are you committing through this act of baptism, publicly professing your faith, to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. Amen. All right. All right. All right. Isaiah, with your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is our little ball of energy here. Um, Sayla, is there anything you'd like to share with with the, the church about why you're being baptized today? No. Okay. Roger, would you yeah. have any questions as well? Sayla, I want to just ask you today, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the Son of God who died for you and rose again? Yeah. Good. <laughs> and are you committing to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Okay. Amen. Well, we want to baptize you. All right. Go ahead and hold All right. Sayla, with your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And this is Simon. Ethan Simon, and then his dad Simon. Yes. Ethan, how old are you? Uh, twelve. You're twelve. All right. While Dad's coming in, is there anything that you would like to share about why you're getting baptized today? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Dad, do you want to ask him the questions, or you want me to? Okay. All right. Well, Ethan, 
I want to just ask you a couple of questions that are important as you're here in this moment. Okay? First of all, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for you, and that He rose for you, that you may have everlasting life and forgiveness of sins? Amen. And then, secondly, are you committing to follow Jesus by publicly professing your baptism and your faith here today? Yes. Okay. Well, now I want you to turn, and we baptize you in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, Caleb. This is Caleb and his father, Prashan. How old are you, Caleb? I'm 10 years old. You're 10. Okay. Is there anything you want to say today about why you're getting baptized? Um, yes. I felt like I just need to make a public confession that I was a Christian, and um, the Bible commands us to do this, so I'm ready for this. Oh, man. Come on. I think he's ready. Dad, do you want to ask questions? I just, uh, I just wanted to say one other thing. You know, as parents, I think sometimes we, we think that the ultimate goal for our children is to prepare them for success, to prepare them to, to be the best in the world and things like that. But really, um, the ultimate goal for us is, is for our children to become theologians and lovers of God. <laughs> I love it. And um, so one of my favorite verses has always been Third uh, John. I think it's 1 to 4, if I remember correctly, where we yeah. say, nothing brings me greater joy than to see that our children are walking in the truth. Yeah. Come on. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Amen. Go ahead. You can stand here. Okay. Caleb, is there anything that you would like to share today? I already did. You already did. Okay. <laughs> Do you put your faith? <laughs> do you put your faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who died for your sins, rose from the grave, and sits at the right hand of God? Yes. Okay. Will you follow Jesus with your whole life? Yes. Okay. Then, based on your commitment today, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> This is uh, Evie Foster, her mom and dad, Chuck and Carolyn, and uh, my brother, Victor Cruz, is going to do the honors today. If you want to stand here. Yes, absolutely. Morning, church. So, Chuck Foster and I met through the mission field. Known him 30 years, went on a missions trip when he was just a freshman in college, and here's a beautiful product of a missional life. So I am honored and blessed and humbled to be able to do this this morning. And to the Foster family, congratulations. Well done. So, Evie, uh, is there anything that you would like to do? But first, do you put your faith in Jesus? He is your Savior. I know you told me this. He is your Lord do you profess him as your Lord and Savior yes. today before the church, before the world? Yes. No pressure. <laughs> come on. Come on. Will you follow Jesus your entire life? Yes. Will you tell your classmates, your world, that he is the way, the truth, and the life? Yes. Will you take him to the field? Yes. 
to the world. Amen. All the way. So, are you ready? Duncan position. <laughs> so, based on your commitment to follow Jesus, this beautiful morning, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Next we have Adrian Brown and his dad, Jared, mom, Susan, and their family. Hey, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. That's <laughs> yeah, a little warmer. Come here. This is Adrian Declan. He's my youngest son. For those that know him, he does everything fast. Everything. Um, however, he's taken about a year, a little over a year to think about this been contemplating and meditating a little while ago he's like yes i'm ready so we're super excited for him you ready i'm gonna ask this question is there anything you want to say (laughs) (laughs) so buddy do you put your faith in jesus christ believing that he is the son of god who came to earth died rose from the dead and conquered sin and death in the grave what Do you commit to follow him and to give him your whole heart, your whole life, and everything you have from now until the end? Yes, I will. Awesome. Then in front of all these lovely people who are going to hold him accountable and make sure he follows through with what he committed. Amen. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We have the Span family, Joe and Anjanette, and their son, Jude. Thank you. Come here, buddy. So, first, Jude, is there anything you want to say about why you're getting baptized today? Well, yeah, I just kind of wanted to say, you know, I'm thankful for all the people that have led me to this moment and taught me about Jesus and told me the story of Christ and... You know, as I've gotten older, I started to realize more and more that I can see the image of God everywhere. So, it's really special. Come on. Amen. So, that being said, uh, do you put your faith in Jesus, the Son of God, that he died for you, that he rose again, and that he'll give you new life as a child of God? Yes. All right. And will you follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. All right. And based on your commitment to follow Jesus... <laughs> it is my honor you can hold your nose, to baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Alright. Next we have the Hart family. Tim and Lisa and their son Gideon. <laughs> this is Gideon Bear, and he loves the story of Gideon. Because when the angel came to talk to Gideon, he said, Behold, valiant warrior. And Gideon is really last on to that. It was Bear's his middle name. <laughs> he is a mighty warrior with God, and that's one of God's names. He is a mighty warrior. He's a valiant warrior. 
and he loves to worship, he loves to serving, loves to uh, just loving Jesus in every area of his life. Yes. So, Gideon, is there anything you would like to share with your family um, here today? Okay. I want to be baptized because I want to be part of the holy kingdom of God and heaven. I want to commit to God and nothing else. And I want to have eternal life with Jesus. Yes. All right. So, Gideon, as you have expressed, you put your faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who died for your sins, rose from the grave, Insist at the right hand of God to give you new life as a child and son of God. I do. And will you follow Jesus with all of your life, with your whole life, for the rest of your life, from now until it ends? I do. All right. I, I will. <laughs> Based on your commitment to trust and follow Jesus and the, the expression of love I've seen and watched in you over, these, over your life, I baptize you in the name of the Father as an adopted son into the family of God. As in the name of the Son, as a fellow servant with Jesus Christ, to lay down your life, brothers, in the name of the Holy Spirit, to be an ambassador to the world, and bring that love to the world. I baptize you, son. I'm honored today to get to renew baptismal vows with my dear brother, friend, co-labor, Jerry Lau, who's going to join us today. Jerry's been baptized as a young a youngster, but we believe that there's moments where the Lord can uh, call us to a renewal of our faith, a renewal of our vows. We would be fools to think that we could keep these vows in and of ourselves or keep them perfectly. Amen. So, um, Jerry, anything you want to say? <laughs> Thank you, Roger. And kudos to all of you parents and the leadership of the church for what we're witnessing today with the younger generation. Uh, over half a century ago, I was uh, baptized in a cow pond on a ranch about 40 miles south of here and uh, had really, really no preparation about knowing what it was, except Jesus said do it. So that worked, you know. And But subsequent to that, through the years, I've been aware that uh, although that took, uh, there is still this thing that it was kind of a retroactive application of dying to self, resurrecting to new life in Jesus, being buried with him in baptism. And so I thought, I should go ahead and do this. Last couple of years I've been thinking about it. And the icing on the cake is, it just so happened coincidentally when I decided, I didn't realize that today was going to be the day which is the 55th year since I asked a Billings, Montana girl to marry me. So thank you, Ann, for saying yes. <laughs> Wow, congratulations. So, Jerry, you're a little taller than these youngsters, so I just want to ask you a few things first. Do you, by renewing your baptismal vows today, continue to commit and confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your only hope, as the Son of God who died for you, who rose for you, 
for forgiveness of sins and eternal life with Him. I do. Amen. And are you committing to follow Him the rest of your life? Yes, sir. Amen. (laughs) Jerry, in the name of the Father who has given you your identity as a son, in the name of Jesus who has given you your identity as a fellow servant, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who has made you an ambassador to the world, I baptize you now. That was a truly holy, holy moment, wasn't that? I want to encourage you guys. I I think we've seen at least, um, I know at least 30 baptisms this year already. And uh, I I love that Jerry renewed his baptismal vows to Jesus on his anniversary to his wife. If you don't know Jerry, Jerry served for like 30 years on the mission field in Africa. Uh, So... uh, yeah, I'm wondering when I should do my renewal of my baptismal vows. I was like, Jerry wants to be baptized? Okay. Another thing, if you're new to Believer's Church, you'll notice we had a lot of parents in the baptismal. And that's because we believe the primary location for discipleship, becoming into, learning how to be the family of God, is in actually the actual family. And so... We as pastors come alongside what God's already doing there. Um, and so that's why it's really, really special. We want fam- families to be involved in that, um, to be able to witness that together. Um, we're going to have a really fun morning. This, I'm already worn out, man. Like My wife always cries at baptisms. I was like, oh, there's 10. She's going to have a headache. I just know she is. Because uh, it's just so moving to see people doing this with Jesus. If you would like to be baptized, I'm telling you, it is a significant moment. Jesus, if for no other reason, Jesus just said, do it. <laughs> if you want to follow me, do it. Go online, bctulsa.com, connect, and we will we'll schedule you to be baptized. We'll have somebody talk to you about it. So in the Eastern Orthodox Church, our Eastern friends um, are, that follow Jesus in a different tradition, they have these pictures in their churches. They're like pictures of Jesus or the disciples, and they call them icons. And the reason they do that is not because they're worshiping the pictures. In fact, the pictures don't ever look realistic. What they're trying to do with these pictures is to look at a picture of Jesus and go, oh, that's right, Jesus has a face. Jesus has eyes. I can see him. And so the way they think of it is they they look at this icon through it to see Jesus. And so... That's how I realized, that's how I, that's how, I've never been really able to understand Keith Wheeler's ministry until I understood icons. That I believe Keith is an icon to Jesus. Keith is for 40 years now, Keith? Close to 40 years, carried across through how many nations? A lot of nations. Nations I don't know how to pronounce. Well over 200. The, the stories this guy has are outrageous. Um, because he just felt the simple obedience to show up wherever Jesus tells him to go um, and be an icon of Jesus. 
he just recently got back from Ukraine and got to enjoy, you know, bombings and things there. So he's going to tell us a little bit about that today. But I asked Keith, is just, can you just come show us Jesus? And so we'll, let's welcome Keith Wheeler as he does that right now.
just because of the circumstances and the situation. I've not been able to post anything really, or I've not been able to shoot any video at all. Uh, they were afraid that I might be disclosing locations, and I think you can understand that. Thanks for praying. My goodness, it's, it's just been so overwhelming. To feel the, the brokenness of, of what's happening, but at the same time, see the beauty of Jesus rising up. I never forget uh, one more song where I saw a bummed out car. Again, in, in the car from, from the rubble, from the ash, in the springtime, and there was a flower that was springing up. That's my hope for this time Jesus bring resurrection life into the situation. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming along with us. Thanks for praying. God bless you. From the border of Ukraine. As we um I invite you, I know not everybody's able, but I always want to honor the king. You know, the friend of mine always says, Thanks, buddy. He always says, Make sure that when you speak, that the people don't walk away saying, Wow, what a great sermon. But they say, Wow, what a great savior. And this is about him as we celebrate baptism, as we worship together in song as, as we do life together. But it's about Him. And, and sometimes in the smallest things we, we miss Him. We can focus on, on missions and evangelism. Reaching the world, but we forget the one who says go. We, we can get so focused on who we are in Christ that we forget who Christ is in us. We get excited about the second coming, but we forget it's about who's coming. And that it's just an invitation not to escape, but to a wedding. And so, before I begin, if you're able, could you just slip to your knees for just a few moments? And by the way, happy Easter. Uh, in that part of the world, today is Easter Day. In the Orthodox Church, Easter is celebrated today. And so, King Jesus, as best as we can, we, we turn our attention to you. We turn our hearts to you. We turn everything we are to you. The worthy one. And we sing with the heavenly host, worthy is the Lamb. This morning I pray that you would be seen and heard and experienced. I pray that you would burn your face into our hearts. And we'd fall in love with that face. And we'd sit at your feet and we'd worship you and we'd love you. We'd look to you. Would you please help me? I've just got 
these little broken pieces and fragments. And, and But I remember you take that and, and you multiply it and you, you fed the multitudes with a little boy's lunch when he did that. So would you do that today? May we walk away from here saying, wow, what a great Savior. I love you. And all my friends together, if you just, just lift up your heads, he, he rose up. So just look up. Could you give him a smile? And across this room, can you just whisper, Jesus, I love you. You may be seated. Thanks for joining me on, on that little journey. Uh, thanks for praying for me while I was away. Thanks for going with us. Uh, if you don't know, I'm married to a fairy tale princess, and and she appreciates your prayers for my safety. Uh, I'll touch on this as I talk, though. Um, so many people prayed for my safety, and I, I just want to say thank you. And and I I don't mean to diminish those prayers because she's really thankful that I came back. But the goal. Is, is not to be safe. The goal is obedience. And my, my prayer on this journey, and, and some of you know, some of you don't know, I, I've been walking a long time with a cross, and, and that means I've gone to a lot of places like this. This one was just more publicized. But with God's help, I've, I've walked in more than 40 nations at war, almost 45 nations at war are in conflict. The world's attention just happens to be a little bit more on this place. She sent me off in the right way. I, I couldn't have been sent off in a, in a better way. At the airport, we hug and we kiss and she prays for me and we kiss one more time. And if you don't notice, we, we do a lot of hugging and kissing. And uh, then she came and she grabbed me. And she said, I want you to know this. I want you to know I'm going to be missing you every, every moment your way. I'm going to be praying for you, and I'm sad that you're not going to be with me. But then she said, but baby, I want you to know I'm proud of you. And, and I want you to know that you're my hero. And then she grabs my face. And there's a fine line between this world and the next one. But she grabs my face and she says, I want you to remember these eyes, these eyes that love you. Because if you don't come back to me, I want you to remember these eyes from where you go. There's no guarantee, is there? When we, when we choose to follow Jesus, and, and we talk a lot about making Jesus our vision, but when we choose to follow Jesus, we choose to go wherever he goes. I can't tell you how many people came to me leading up to leaving, and they said, are you absolutely sure that God called you to go here? No. I'm not absolutely sure about anything. 
I'm absolutely sure that God loves me and I've got a fairy tale princess that loves me. That's, that's all I'm absolutely sure of. That the, that the Bible is God's word. That, I'm sure about that. But he already said in his word, folks, and, and it's so easy for us to, to play games with his word. We just celebrated baptism. We just celebrated death, burial, and resurrection. When, when our youngest daughter was just five years old, I was in, she was with me and I was in Australia. And I was baptizing people. And, and you can call me Keith the Baptist. I actually baptized 3,000 people in the Jordan River one day. Uh, it's, it's a long story. But I baptized my mama in, in the Jordan River. I baptized my, my mother-in-law in the Jordan River. But, but Hannah was with me. And Australian people were being baptized. And she was five. And she says, Daddy, I want to be baptized too. And I said, Baby, you're too young. And I want you to know for sure what it means. She looked at me and she said, I do know what it means. It means that the old Hannah goes into that water and dies and stays there. And the new Hannah comes up and follows Jesus. And, and isn't that what this, this thing is about? But, but so often we, we hold on to things. And, and we take our eyes off of, of Jesus because of our, of our things. Because of our, our life and, and there's, there's a scripture in, in Luke chapter 2, it's in verse 43, where you can remember it, you don't even have to look it up. Um, Mary and Joseph go in, to the temple, and uh, they're, they're there for the feast of the Passover, and, and when they finished, they're, they're on their way back, and it says, And the little boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But assuming him to have been in their company, they went a day's journey. How many times do we go our own way assuming that he's right here? And, and the way that we assume that he's right here is when we take our eyes off of him. I have a, a, a saying that I ask a lot of times. Do I know the Jesus I claim to follow? Am I following the Jesus I claim to know? And to follow someone means to go where they go and do what they do. If we make Jesus our vision, that means we have to be looking at him. It's not just a phrase. It's not just a bumper sticker. To make Jesus our vision and then we become what we behold. Commitment looks like the object it's committed to. On this, on this trip, I learned a lot. One of the things I, I learned was on most nights, I, I didn't know where I was going to sleep. That was just a given. And, and this, this journey, let, let me just say, when we choose to step out and follow Jesus, there's not a lot of givens. A lot of us like the security of a plan. We, we like the details. But Jesus doesn't always provide plans and details. In fact, the Bible says in, in Luke, Jesus is, is on his way to Jerusalem. And Herod comes to Jesus and he says, or his friends say, We're, Herod is going to kill you. And Jesus says, go tell that old fox 
I'm on my way. He says, I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to keep healing. I'm going to keep delivering people. I'm not changing my plans because it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. In other words, just because of the circumstances, I'm not changing my plans. And I don't know how many times when I've said yes to Jesus that the only person I know for sure in that country is going to be Jesus. The only one who's going to speak my language for sure is Jesus. The only one who knows where I'm going to sleep is Jesus. But the only one who's going to be with me every moment is going to be Jesus. And whether I'm on a park bench or in a, in a train station in a bomb shelter, Jesus was with me. And so often, on this journey, I mean, I was soaked to the skin. I was shivering and cold. And, and, and you can't sleep because there's so many people you saw. There are just masses of people and dogs are barking and cats are meowing and babies are crying. And people are talking. And you can't, in most of those places, lay down. So you're sitting up straight. And sometimes we look at the, at the lack of sleep, at the, the intrusion of sleeplessness, as, as simply that, an intrusion on in our life, when it's actually a gift from God. It's an invitation to share and to listen to His heart. To sit there and to listen. Not, not just to His voice. To listen to his heartbeat. Jesus doesn't usually speak in shouts. And he doesn't usually speak in whispers. He wants you to draw so close to him that he can lead you with his heartbeat. There's a beautiful scripture in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35, and it says, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Prophetically speaking of Samuel, prophetically speaking of Jesus. But listen to what he says. I'll raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do all that's in my heart and all that's in my mind. And he shall walk before my anointed always. I'll build him an enduring house. He didn't say he'll do all that I say. He said everything that's in my heart. When you make Jesus your vision, you're staring at him. You're, you're gazing at him. You're adoring Him. And so these nights were such a gift for me. Eventually I made it to a place where there was a home. And these people, they had the means to get out. It was the only American I met inside. Now outside, there are all of these people. But inside, inside the, the, the borders, he was the only American. All his teammates... They had all left. All the other missionaries, they had all left. And again, he has the means to leave. He's married to a Ukrainian lady. They have two teenage girls. And they said, we're going to stay here. Because this is where God would have us. I'm challenged. They have a couple of houses now because they had a base. But every night those houses were filled because them and some other people who had experienced freedom, they would drive at night and, and they would deliver all kinds of supplies. And, and then they would fill up the, the vehicle and drive back. Every car had holes from, from gunshots. I said, what happens when they start shooting at you? They said, we drive faster. <laughs> on, on their floor, and one night they had over 90 refugees on their floor. 
you, you have to make good decisions before going to bed. You can't drink water for a couple of hours because there's no way, unless you can fly, that you're going to be able to go to the toilet. And one night we were worshiping. You've got to understand, bombs are falling. The air raid sirens are going outside. We were just a mile away. We're being Bombs are falling. And... Uh, Windows are, are, everything is blacked out. There's tape on the windows, so when, when the bombs explode, the windows don't shatter inward, but they go outward. There's, there's blankets in front. There's no electricity. You're, there is electricity, but you can't because then you become a target. And so you've got candlelight on the floor. And, and some of these people don't know Jesus. Many of them are just from their religious Christian heritage, tradition. But we're worshiping and we're praying and I'll never forget. When we talk about making Jesus our vision, when we talk about following Jesus, I saw it that night so clearly, so purely. Because these people, mostly women, who had, had lost their husbands, lost their sons, or their sons or their husbands were there fighting. People who'd lost their neighbors. They'd lost their homes. Because of what was happening. As they're worshiping, there's a map of the world on the wall and there's, they start standing up and they start putting their hand on Russia. And they start praying for Russia and blessing Russia and forgiving Russia. And I was challenged because theologically, many of them, doctrinally, we would say, well, they're not saved. But they were following Jesus better than most of us who are saved. And, and is, so is, is salvation just become a cultural thing that we become familiar with? We, we say the right words. Let me just tell you, one guy came up to me after I preached one time, and he says, you, you didn't say the sinner's prayer. He said, you got them all to the altar, brother. You got them all to the front. He said, you got them to the goal line, and you didn't take them over. He said, the sinner prayer saves, son. I said, with all due respect, sir, the sinner prayer didn't die on a cross for me. Jesus did. But we've, we've brought people to ideas and concepts and events and institutions. But if we're not careful, we're just like Mary and Joseph. And we've gone a couple of days, even a couple of years, walk assuming Jesus to be right here. Those people recognize that Jesus was there. As I walked in, there are hundreds of... Hundreds of relief organizations, tents, camped out. That's why you would see all those pictures of all those people lined up and bless them for being there. They were offering food and clothing. It was really cold. So they were offering hot coffee and hot tea. They had medicine because people would be rushed through with, with shrapnel wounds. People gaped open. Blood every place. But once you come across the border, as I walked in, felt like hundreds it could have been 10 or 20. I don't know. There was a lot of people. And they came up, and I don't speak Russian or Ukrainian. But they don't care because the cross is there. And because the cross was a message of hope to them. It was a cro the cross was a message of peace for them. And they're sharing their stories, tears running down their face. Da -da 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 -da. They just want to touch the cross. They just want to share. They're praying. It's amazing. They didn't come for me. 
And, and, and how cool would it be if we can get this through our heads? They're not coming for us. This, this, if we're not careful, this becomes a show. It becomes a performance. And we've gone days assuming that Jesus is in our midst. Mary and Joseph had to stop and they had to go and they had to seek Jesus. I'll tell you one more story from there and then I'll read something. Let me just, let me just read. I, I know you guys have been sitting a long time. I, I just want to say thanks. While I was sitting there in the train station one night, I spent a lot of time in, in bomb shelters. Um, I wrote this. Maybe we could stand and we'll just close. Once again, I, I want to say thank you for praying. Actually, I just looked up and saw the clock and that's why I stopped. <laughs> How cool the day when we get to heaven. Can I tell you something that's not going to be in heaven? Sermons. <laughs> I, I found out that we, we had a lot of um, baptisms today. And I found out who all was baptizing the different people, not just being baptized. And I realized, uh-oh, a lot of those guys are preachers. So I was, I was thinking, you know, we, we're in a place where there's a lot of preachers. So um, I do want to be sensitive to you guys. But I wrote this. There comes a time and there's a place where Jesus becomes everything. Where he becomes all. He's better than fill in the blank. It's in this place that Jesus becomes better than my safety and my security. He's way more important than my comfort. Jesus means more than me having my rights. And let me just pause here. There is a movement in the United States of America that is, is really close to confusing Infusing religion and politics. And looking to leadership to change our nation. And it's focused on my rights and my security. I think I'm saying this. I really believe this is something that God would have me say. And Jesus wants us to look to him. Is way more important than me having my rights. And, and I'll, I'll just... And this, is, this is the place where Jesus and his presence become infinitely more precious, more valuable than my next breath or heartbeat. And the only thing that matters 
is that he gives me the grace to take the next step and put a smile on his face. As I walked into Libya a number of years ago, ten years ago when Gaddafi was falling, I just faced this group called ISIS. I didn't even know about them at the time. And I was very close to the place where 13 Egyptians were martyred. But they hadn't been martyred yet. In fact, this was just weeks before they were martyred. And I was held at knife point. A holy book was held over my head. People were running around shooting guns and yelling in the air. Others were taking turns passing by me and spitting on me and on the cross and urinating on me and the cross. It's a long story, but I spent the night with them. But the next day I walked in out of, out of Egypt with General Hassan, General, Major General Hassan Ali. He kept my cross in his, in his tent that night. But as I walked, I'm with my friend David as well. There are tanks pointed at us. There's gunmen pointed at us. And David said, Keith, what do you feel? I said, David, I feel the glory of God. We're walking into the arms of Jesus. That's this place. Because that's what I'm talking about today. Where he becomes so big that it does, nothing else is, is even real. Where he becomes more real than your next breath. I'll conclude by saying this and I'll pray. This fairy tale princess walked with me through the world's most dangerous jungle where you have to sign away your rights as a world citizen, not a U.S. citizen. No military in the world will come into this jungle. The FARC rebels hide there. It's the Darien jungle between Panama and Colombia. FARC is the number two best financed terrorist organization in the world. You've got the rebel paramilitario out of, out of Colombia, the Rebel Sons Frontera out of, out of Panama. You've got some indigenous, you've got bad snakes and crocodiles and all kinds of things that can kill you. But these guys said, if you go any further, they're going to cut off your head and they're going to hurt her. Here's the thing. Perfect love casts out fear. When our love for Him grows and our, our realization how much He loves us, we say, okay, it's... Your, your love is greater than, than my fear of what somebody might say, what somebody might think, what somebody might do. And it's, it's all for you. But see, if you've gone on assuming he's in your midst, you, you can't live with that reality because you've walked away from his presence. As I, as I walk into this, I, I said, if your presence doesn't go with me, Moses prayed this, don't send me because you said, apart from you, I can do nothing. But if we're not careful, fear can create suspicion and suspicion can cast out love. And we walk around suspicious of everybody around us rather than full of love for everybody around us. I remember as we're hanging there in the jungle in our, in our hammocks one night because everybody I saw, and she will tell you, I'm usually very present. I wasn't present in this moment. Because I was, is this the guy that's going to kill her? Kill me and hurt her? And so, we're hanging there one night. I felt like Jesus spoke to me. My son, I'm bigger than you are. And I'm stronger than you are. 
you can trust me. Will you trust me with her? In this dream, I saw me walking up to his feet, foot of his throne, and saying, Jesus, I trust you. You are bigger, and you are way stronger than me. And I felt like he said, and I love her way more than you do too. I'll take care of her. Fix your eyes on him. The goal of life is not to put more years into your life. It's to put more life into your years. And the Bible says, and we overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and the one that's not quoted, and we not, did not love our lives even to the point of death. Because he shed his blood, we have a testimony. And because we have a testimony, and that word means martyrs, we become martyrs. There comes a place where Jesus becomes more than everything. So this morning, King Jesus, we say forgive us for all our trivial pursuits. Forgive us for assuming that you're in our midst and going on our own journeys apart from you and apart from your presence. You said apart from you and apart from your presence, we can do nothing. So we, we come back to you. We turn our attention back to you. We return to you. And we say, yes, you're better than. You're better than our security. You're better than our safety. You're better than our comfort. You're better than our convenience. You're better than our rights. You mean more than my rights. Your presence is more precious than our heartbeat and our breath. We say yes. And you are way bigger and way stronger. And you love us way more than we can imagine. So thank you. So we trust you. So now we step out and ask that you give us grace to take that next step. Strength and courage. And then endurance to go all the way. Today we want to wipe away the tears from your eyes. We want to hear your heartbeat. And we want to put a smile on your face. Did anybody see Jesus today? Thank you, Keith. Thank you for being a picture to us of Jesus. Let's get baptized. Seriously, if you sense, I want to commit to Jesus like that. I didn't know how much he was asking after all. He's asking everything. But he, it's the, Jesus said, if you want to have a life, you've got to let yours go. And I'll give you the one that actually matters. So, a couple of us will be over here. Uh, John and Anna will be here. A couple of our pastoral staff. Or anybody who wants to decide to follow Jesus today or be baptized. Or you can do that on our website. Keith didn't know I was going to do this. Um, but I want to bless Keith. I want to bless him today to be able to continue to be the icon of Jesus. Uh, with skin on. Walking in places that... He, he, this guy leads more people to Jesus in the most absurd fashions just because he just is Jesus in a place. It illustrates to us there'll be Jesus in cubicles tomorrow morning. 
you carrying your cross. And so we get to kind of sow into that uh, in faith that God's going to do that through us. So if you'd like to write a check to Believer's Church or even just cash, there's a box on the outside of that right on the, in the hallway. You'll see that. Just put something in there. We'll also have a link on our website. I know most of you guys give online. That'll be, you can donate straight to Keith. And we'll make sure he gets all of that so he can continue to do this around the world. Sound good? All right, we love you guys. Have a wonderful week.